the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, so I got to start the show off today by going, What about them hogs? (laughs) Yeah. Whoa, that was a great win over the weekend. That was a great win. This kid, uh, Davidson, is that his name? That made the winning shot? He's from Jacksonville? His freshman, Devon Davidson, I think is his name. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, That was a heck of a shot. I'm just telling you. That was a great shot that he made. Put him up, you know, 70 to 68. But I will say, you don't let defense. Listen to me. Two point eight seconds to go. You don't. You don't throw in the let the other team throw the ball in yeah. and go all the way up the side without somebody just being there to make him dribble left or right and get a shot off. Yeah, and he got a clean shot off. He just missed it. Wow! Off the front of the rim. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I will like say this before I had the all these, went to the basket. All these people writing about. Well, you know, Oral Roberts, how great of a team they were, and blah, blah, blah. Here's what I'll say. Live by the three, die, die by, by the, the three. three. Yeah. And they lived by the three. They were hitting them left and right at the beginning of the game. Second half, they hit two out of 12. Wow. So, you lose games that way, I'm just saying. And then, yeah. the you know, Arkansas Razorbacks turns up their defense, and they start. they did something else that they had done the first time that they met Oral Roberts, and that was – they were wiping the glass, man. They gave them some Windex and a towel and said, go out there and clean the glass. And they did. Wow. That's what they did. And they did a great job. And uh, so we're in the Elite Eight, first time since 96. Who was, the, who was coached then? Oh, Nolan Rage, Richardson. Nolan Richardson. Roland? Yeah, Roland Nolan. Nolan. Yep. <laughs> yep. How I remember those 48 days. minutes of hell. Yeah. And the SEC was not ready for it. No, it wasn't. Now everybody does it. Yeah. You know, everybody presses the whole game. But uh, when Nolan brought it up. A little different style than Nolan, though. Yeah. They kind of do the traditional press, but Nolan's was a crazy, chaotic, controlled press. It was called In Your Jersey. Yeah. You know, said... You need to you need to put on some deodorant, boy. You know, that kind it was of that stuff. tight. Yeah, it was that tight. That's what it was. You know, you know, you remember, Dave. It was it was so bad that every, every the team whoever's dribbling just wanted to get rid of the ball. Yeah, I don't want it. I don't want you it. Take I don't it. want it. You take it. Oh, and then and they double team all the time. They double wow. team all the time. Get to the get to mid court. Double team all the time. It was. I good. still say that referee on that that second on that repeat. Uh, or defended when they were defending the title. Yeah, that referee made a really bad call. <laughs> a really bad call. Can I call. say how bad is it that you remember 
Uh, one bad call in 96. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> How do you call a foul on the guy who's out front? <laughs> that's just you too, know, that's He was out good. front, and they were about to make that run. There were some great players oh, on those man. teams. So. I mean, great yeah. players. Was it Mayberry? Uh, uh, what was, what's that his name? The, the guard... Uh, the uh, one guard, the small, the small, small guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They stole I'm trying to ball. think of who the front, the forwards break. were. They had a couple of great forwards. Oh, man. I mean, they when they went up to take a shot, they just like floated. They, yeah. they'd hang. Yeah. when they were shooting, it was great. Anyway, you don't see many. No, you don't see many jump shots like that no. anymore. I mean, you know, they had two seven footers on their national title win. Two seven footers. Well, we got uh, one now. The problem is, doesn't have any muscle on him. Yeah, well, that wasn't their problem, <laughs> if you remember. <laughs> you, I mean, I, I see that guy, if you painted a red stripe on him and turned him sideways, he'd be a thermometer. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He is thin. They need to put some weight on that kid. If they put some weight on him, he could be a force. Yeah. Well, yeah. Who was it? Was Steve something's kid that was a seven footer that they had a few years back? Oh, I don't know. And and it took him to his late half of the second half of his junior year and his senior year. And then he started beca- well, not coordinated, just beca- he put some weight, weight. and yeah. some muscle, and then he was a little bit of a force yeah. in the paint. Yeah, you know. I yeah. mean, what you want is you want somebody. I'm going to bring a name up for everybody. You need to bring back somebody like a big baby. Oh man! <laughs> you remember wow. big baby? You, you, you remember you're him about already? The softest touch uh-huh. in college football. Yeah, he was a big, big, big center, and he, I think he was seven foot, if I'm not, or six he was, eleven. He was right there, and he, he weighed right about four hundred and ninety pounds. No, oh, wow. he wasn't that big, but I mean, he was a. It was three ninety. Force to no, be. no, really. He probably weighed about three hundred. Yeah, they couldn't. You couldn't move him. No, he got in the paint. No. You couldn't. But he move had the him. softest touch. Yes, he did. The <laughs> softest. touch. He was a great player. I thought he might have been another Shaquille, but he yeah, just he, yeah. he just didn't have the it same been, kind what, of before drive. Shaquille, but he played. No, like, he was after Shaquille. Was he? He played yeah. like what 10, 10, 12 years in the pros. Though. Yeah, he's a good ball player, man. He, he really just was. wouldn't take the weight off. Yeah, he, had no, the, he was fat then. He wore no, he just big. He was big. It was big. all it was basically had, muscle. Yeah, and he well, had a great handle. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, he I could remember, actually handle I remember, the ball. I remember when Shaquille was playing in his earlier years, he was kind of tubby, but then he he started turning that into muscle, and he became a um, Shaquille. I, I, yeah. hey, I remember that he was in college. He was lean. Was he I took, mean, he, took I, him a I, couple I of years built, to really yeah. find his yeah. way. But when he did, when he learned to shoot three free throws, he, he never, never learned to shoot free throws. That's, he, he that the, was his Achilles heel. Yeah, was, he had like the highest field goal percentage of any player in NBA history. Oh, really? You can do that when you dog ninety percent. But you put him on the free throw he line. Didn't win and the most championships. It was an adventure, though. No. It was it. That would be Bill Russell. Yeah, (laughs) Bill Russell's great ball. 11. All right, Willie, what's going on? You going to tell me something about Big Baby? You remember May Day? Oh. Yeah. Lee Mayberry and Todd Day. That's what we were were just talking about, Mayberry. I mean, that's what he was talking about, about that bad call in 96. Oh, yes. (laughs) See? It's like it never goes away. It never goes Scar away. Scar tissue remains. Man, you know, that was a dynasty-ending call. Yes, it was. It, were, it, it was. Tru- it truly was. So what uh, What did you think of the game over the weekend? 
Well, they got they started out kind of cold. Well, they don't start the way they finish. You know that, and they did. Yeah, they beat they beat Oral Roberts the exact same way the first time they met them. They played terrible in the first half, and in the second half, they cleaned up the glass and they made their shots. All right. Do you remember Steve Shaw? Mm-hmm. I don't remember Steve yeah, Shaw. He was the center, I believe. Wasn't he the mm-hmm. center? Yeah, when Eddie Sutton was coach. Yeah. Eddie Sutton. Okay. You're talking about the 70s now. Yeah, you're going back. Keep going. Keep going. Let's go back to when we were playing with rocks. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Sutton, what a great coach he oh, was. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Flamboyant out there yeah. that and stuff. There there you the, know the, the triplet, remember the triplets? That's and that's what I was referring to. Dave uh, Dave wasn't here. I wasn't that. there when that happened. I've had him on my I've had him all three sitting in my studio Is that before. Right? Yes. Wow. And it was a great interview. I I love talking to him. And I've Moncrete Delf Brewer. And I had uh a few years later, I had Skywalker on. Wow, which was cool. Yeah, you know. And the, another player on that team was named Jimmy Counts. Yeah, he was a big man too. Yeah, Counts was About a big six, man. Seven. Yeah, yes. and back then that was really big. Eddie Sutton was a big man coach. Yeah, yeah. I want I want you to think I was six one in high school. All right, and I played power forward. Wow. Now I'd be playing guard. guard. Small, small yeah. guard. Small guard at that. <laughs> All right, Willie, Willie, what do you think? Okay, we're, we're going up against Baylor. Can we beat them? It's gotta, we got to be on our game and hope Baylor's off a little bit. Yeah, I agree. They are a good basketball team. And I was surprised last night at UCLA upsetting Alabama. They were, they really blew up my my bracket because I had Alabama winning national championship this year. Wow. Well, I had I had Alabama. Them. Herbert Jones or Hoffs got in foul trouble early. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. You know what? You got to play a perfect game and you got to be focused every game when you go to the big dance. Willie, thanks for the call. We appreciate you, brother. But yeah, that was. That's something everybody got to understand. You got to be focused. You got to be laser sharp. Yeah, you got to be ready because you, you lose, you don't no get alibis. another shot. No, no get another shot at it. You're out of the game. <laughs> so UCLA moves to the Elite Eight, and uh, uh, let's see, they're they're going to be there. Michigan looked awesome yesterday. <clears throat> Did you get to see any of the Michigan game? No. Michigan. I'm going to tell you what. Michigan Is looked that yesterday. Like, yes. Michigan looked like an NBA team yesterday. Yeah, su- Sunday is a work day for me. Oh, well, I understand that. <laughs> I didn't know, you know, usually you get time to have dinner, and yeah. I was wondering Saturday that's when they were playing. Saturday was a work day. It was a wedding, and Friday was oh, a work man. day. It was a funeral. Busy, <laughs> oh, busy man. Yes, you were. Absolutely. And tomorrow we head to Chicago for another funeral. So, Oh, oh wow. Well. Yeah. Are you doing the funeral or is it attending? Uh, yeah, attending. Oh. COVID-19 related? No, no, no. no but I... I did one in St. Louis a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, about right. 10 the last three months. Wow. Yeah. Wow, man. You yeah. feeling good? Oh, yeah. Got to ask you. You feeling, you yeah, feeling good? I, I wasn't the uh, the guest of the uh, <laughs> You weren't the guest of, of honor. the service. So well, I'm glad you weren't <laughs> the guest of honor either. <laughs> Absolutely. I was uh, talking about my granddad this morning with my wife, and he was uh, he was a Baptist preacher. Uh-huh. He started Portland Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky, and 
uh, went to be, uh, he was chaplain of Eddieville Penitentiary in Kentucky, and he was a great man. All right, he was just a great man. But uh, he was responsible for my father's conversion. He talked to my father incessantly wow. about getting to know Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until my father was in his mid-50s. That's my gran- rare. And my grandfather had been dead for 30 years by then. And, uh, and my father had had heart problems since I was five years old. And so five years, that's 58, okay? So we're, we're in the early 70s, and they were going in to do some kind of experimental uh, heart surgery. Dr. Bakey down in Louisville, the guy who came up with the artificial heart later on, uh, cleaned out my father's carotid arteries. And uh, my father told me later, I came, I flew back from Guam uh, to be there for his surgery because they said that his chances of surviving were were thin. He said, he, he looked at me, he says, he says, Davey, now that my, my family, everybody calls me Davey. You may not call me Davey when you call in. Uh, just letting you know. I was called <laughs> Davey because my father's name was Dave too. It was either Big Dave or Little Dave when people called or Davey or Dave. So anyway, uh, he called in. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting there talking to him. And this is probably when he was 64. And he was sharing his conversion with me. And uh, which was great. I loved hearing about it because I asked him, I said, what happened? Because he changed. Just tell him he changed. And uh, he said he knew that he needed to get right with God because if he didn't, he was going to die on the operating table. Wow. And uh, he, he says, I told God, let me come through. I will serve you the rest of my days. Wow. And he did. He cut a deal. He did. I don't know if he cut a deal. <laughs> just the way he came around to saying that to he understand. needed Jesus. But, wow. you know, he became a, a deacon of his church and all kinds of stuff. And uh, I, I can still remember my grandfather saying, Dave, when are you going to stop drinking that beer? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can remember my grandfather talking to him. Anyway. That's, that's the greatest thing you can do for your children, yeah. your friends, family. Let me just tell you what. You, if you stand for what is right, and I'm not saying that, you know, talk, telling people they shouldn't drink is is uh, the thing to tell them. I'm not saying that's it, but uh, granddad talked to him about a whole lot of other mm-hmm. things about his soul. And uh, my grandfather was one of those men, and, and look, he died when I was 10 years old, and I'm still talking about the yes. man at 68 years old. Right. That's wow. how big of an effect he had on me. Yep. And he was just a great man. I mean, he walked into a, a cell block at Eddieville Penitentiary when they were rioting and said, boys, put down your weapons or they're going to kill all of you. And they walked up to him and they gave him their shanks and everything and then walked out with their hands behind their heads. It's because they respected Because them. they respected my grandfather. Yeah. He's a great man. Well, he, really, he carried himself. He took me to Eddieville Penitentiary one time. Last story, last time. <laughs> took me to this, to this penitentiary, and a guy was uh, cutting my hair. And uh, I was talking to him, and I said, what are you here for? And he says, oh, I, I slipped my mother's throat. <laughs> and he had this he was he was going around remember he just go around your straight, ears yeah. with a straight razor he's going around my ears and i don't know if it was true or it was false <laughs> but my my i bet my eyes got as big as so as big as saucers when that happened wow <laughs> Thank you.
<laughs> I, I killed my mother. I slit her throat. All right. PI Roofing wants Ooh. you to remember that they will take good care of you. Uh, and, and no, they don't carry straight razors. They will take good care of you, of your roof, if you just give them a call. Now's the time to do it. We're going to have, it looks like, about a week of kind of dry weather. I think the most chance of rain is like on Wednesday or Thursday. It's only 30%. That's normal during the summer. Anyway, they're, they're, get them out. Let them walk your, your roof and make sure everything's right. All you got to do is give them a call, 707-3551, 707-3551, or visit them online at piroofing.com. All right, we're back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, we heard anything from Brant Smith? I have not. You not heard mm-hmm. from him? I'll, I'll send him one, too. We're trying to get yeah. Brant on. Brant ran the, uh, was it, uh, SB301. Yeah, I think it was it. Yeah, yeah. We, or maybe we could even talk to Dan Sullivan. You know, uh, he was the dealing sponsor, with, well, I've had Dan on. I'd like right. to get Brant on mm-hmm. because he was there in the House, the house when end. they wouldn't override the governor's veto. I'd like to know why they didn't run and see what he's what he's finding out i'm sure he asked people how they were going to vote but maybe he didn't you always well always make flip. sure when, when you who's going to vote and vote against when you, you had vote 67 you. before and you now, don't hey you know paul you've been I, up there I, long I, enough i know you people, don't take anything people, for granted i know that's you're right and it, and it ended up was i think they only had 39 vote for it yeah on the second 40 Six. was it 40 okay. yeah 40 yeah so much for the lame duck governor yeah as so far much. as that, he's still yeah, lame. That's duck. what I told you. Well, he's but it he's was, not that lame. I don't know why. I don't know why they voted. I've heard reasonings. I don't agree with the reasonings. I mean, uh, look, David Ray basically he voted not to override the governor. He didn't vote for the yeah, bill in voted, the first he, place. He was at least consistent in his yeah, vote. Yeah, yeah. Well, twenty-one of them changed their minds about the bill. Yeah, I'm, the, the bill. I basically. can't wait to hear this story of, of my representative to see why he flipped but yeah. it's a bad law i mean it's the government forcing people to do things that that, that is it, detrimental to their business it wasn't passed by the legislature it was that's it my biggest heartburn with all this law, stuff then. well they an executive order executive by the government yeah, so, but it was pushed by the Department of Health. Health. And so that's, all and right. that's and deep they, state. You know, making all kinds of different and, and, and laws. And, and so one of the reason, arguments that I heard, I think, is that, well, this is going to undermine the bureaucratic lawmaking process, which, as most, most of they us, They already think, would undermined it. Right. I th- <laughs> I think it's too late for that. It, it is. And, and the thing is, I think most of us here would, would agree that you know, the bureaucratic lawmaking process is an illegal process. Well, the exit... The, this... Group yeah, of because people laws that we are made up, by the legislature. Yes, yes, the laws are made by But this group of people, we said, hey, we've got the best freshman group. The governor's lamed up. We're going to have more freedom. We're going to cut government. And, uh, and, and we're, we're going to cut. And we have done that. And we're going to cut the power of the governor to be able to do executive orders. And when you take all these struggling businesses that are suffering from all the governor's bad executive orders to shut them down to give them some of their money back from the fees right. and then what 21 people convert their their vote after the what after the computer shut down for an hour Something like you like said and, and they get on the telephone and flip 21 people well, that, that, that wasn't just on the telephone. I, don't, I know of, I think, at least three legislators that met in person with somebody from the governor's office. Well, the, governor's, like, the governor met with the caucus. You, or that was like the he was met, it, was he it met, Wednesday? Yeah, he, he met, met with them? the House caucus. And, um, I tell you what, you talk about deep state in Washington. 
We've got deep state in Arkansas, <laughs> and our governor is a deep state well, federal bureaucrat. And I think that's just it's just one of those things that the the legislature has abdicated its responsibility in giving all this power to the to the bureaucratic branch, which isn't even a constitutional concept. They've been doing but, that but, for years, and so they start these boards and commissions and licensing boards where they basically give lawmaking power to bureaucrats, and then. They're allowed to punish you and I, our business owners, for disobeying these bureaucratic so-called laws that are not le- that should not be legally binding to begin with. And Paul, why do they do that? Corporatism. No. Can, no. can we use that kind of language no. on the air? You know why? You know why? They all. We all should know why. Bunch Look, of lazy cowards. Nixon started the EPA. Carter started Department of Education. If you have these kind of bureaucratic setups they give you cover then that's exactly what it is that means that the legislators themselves do not have to vote on bills so they can say well it wasn't us well, that's we, the epa we, we well, it wasn't us like, that's we, the department of education right. and so department we delegated that power to the so-called experts uh, so we've, we've got legislators who cannot are not qualified to even identify who the experts are, and yet they're appointing these so-called experts to boards who then are empowered to make laws. Well, these people aren't boards. These people are governmental uh, entities You're like little in little Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Our I mean, governor loves them. You hear EPA, EPA, EPA all the time. The EPA is not an elected official. <laughs> all right, got to take a break. Got the news. We'll talk more when we come back. Do you need a uh, COVID-19 test? If you do, let me uh, direct you to the ARC walk-in clinic over there on uh, Rodney Parham next to the uh, Burger King just down from party time because they now offer COVID-19 rapid testing. That means you don't have to wait days, you know, go into quarantine and all of that. You know, it takes about 15, 20 minutes and, uh, and treatment as well if you test positive. It includes a rapid test and medical evaluation. Uh, Treatment and follow-up visits are included if the test is positive. All you have to do is schedule an appointment. That's simple to do. 501-954-7822. 501-954-7822. So uh, Applied Research Center with their ARC walk-in clinic. These are the folks that, uh, of course, uh, worked on with the AstraZeneca test study and all of that that they did here uh, just uh, recently. So, again, 501-954-7822. That is for a COVID-19 rapid test plus treatment if necessary. 636, uh, yeah, we, we were talking a little bit about something that has been going on for years in the government and that is putting together governmental entities uh for for different things administrative epa for instance is a prime example richard nixon did that back in the 70s that's when the epa started believe it or not we didn't have an epa forever and ever and ever it just been around for about 50 years now and then you've got uh the Department of uh, Education, which started under uh, Jimmy Carter. And why do they do that? Why do elected officials literally give up their power? 
because that's kind of what they do. Why do we elect officials? And, and, well, why do you, well, why do you elect them if if they're going well, to give up their, their, their to be, what they do? They're supposed to be lawmakers. That's right. Because and, why? What, what that, who that makes laws? The legislature. Thank you. That that's it's, the it's important the thing for everybody to understand. The, the legislature the makes law. Right. In a, in Nobody a, else. In, the in, legislature makes laws. In a kingdom, kings make laws, but we don't have a kingdom. We're supposed to have a, a, a democratic republic where we elect legislators to to make laws, and and then the the governor or the president can can pass or fail those laws or veto them, if you will. But the the but here's but here's bad. Here's what's yeah, bad, Paul. What's going on? The reason that those groups get to make the laws, like the EPA, Department of Education, Department of Health here in the state of Arkansas, is because the legislators abdicate their power to those people. That's that's the only reason. Yeah, and why yeah. do they do that? Because then they don't have to vote on stuff. They're stupid and lazy and cowardly, I think. And and, and that's and the, the reality is the courts should not uphold these. They should not recognize these bureaucratic rulemaking powers. They should just treat them as, oh, it's a suggestion. Take, <laughs> take it or leave it. But you don't have any authority to actually enforce them. For all the people who are sitting out there have been elected officials, says, well, those people know more than us. <laughs> then bring them to the committee meetings make them testify and give the information that you need to make up your mind whether something should be a law or not that's the way it's supposed right. to i don't work. even want them lobbying on the law but these right. committees they're, they're, lobby up there for bigger government well but that's for, what for committees are taxes. supposed to do no I, I'm, look, I'm not the committee supposed, not no, the committee that's what i'm the saying they're agencies. supposed to meet Bring people in and hear what they have to say. Then they're to balance out what they say and say, well, you know, maybe we do need this, but not the way you're saying we need this. Or maybe they're saying, we don't need this at all. Like boys playing girls sports? No, we don't need that at all. By the way, thank you, Arkansas, for passing that law. We were the second state Mm -hmm. to do that. The third state did it just uh, at the end of last week. That was Alabama. Yeah. Uh, so now it's Mississippi, Arkansas, and Alabama, and there are more. There's about 22 more states that are going to pass that legislation. Yeah, but but Paul and I have been up there at committee meetings when when nobody shows up, but state Bureau- officials, yeah. bureaucrats, tax, tax and state lobbyists. agencies lobbying for more and, money, and, more power, more control. Half the time it's the education system. Half the time it's the EPA. Uh, and they're up there lobbying, saying so, we need so, more so government, the more control. Oh, well, the unfortunately, there's not very many of us that do that. And, yeah. and, and the, what's what's frustrating though is that we've got agency and departments like like the um, departments of Department of Finance or the or the Education Department or maybe the Sheriff's Association, or the Arkansas Depart- Association of Counties, Arkansas Association of Counties, the Arkansas State Police, who will literally come up and lobby in their official capacity for or against legislation. You know, it's one thing for them to, to, to be there down, be down there to answer questions like, if we pass this law, how will it affect the, your operations? And then if they answer truthfully, I think that could be acceptable. But when they literally come down and they lobby for or against saying, well, if we do this, it'll be terrible because we're going to have to lay off some, empo- some employees. Well, laying off employees is not necessarily a bad thing for government uh, government operations. <laughs> a lot of times that's a great thing. And so when, when they come down and actively lobby against legislation simply because it might cut their budget or, or it might cause them to have to, to, um, to um, lay off some dead weight, 
may not grow their budget. Yeah, they might not grow their budget. Like, like the like the tire bill. I had to keep bringing up the same one, but that, but I was down there on the tire bill. I was the only. Oh, yeah. I think the only individual or or private business that was there that day. And the lady that's head of the committee says, "Well, then the next five years we're not going to put one tire in the landfill in the state of Arkansas." And I said, uh, "Can you tell me what the tires are doing hurting in the landfill? I mean." We make all kinds of things. They're shredding it up and putting it on our playgrounds out here, and the kids are out here playing in it. What does it hurt in the landfill? And the thing it is, it doesn't give us control and doesn't give us more tax money, so we're going to enact something that does nothing except grow government and increase tax. Yeah, because if you get new tires, check the bill. They charge you a whole bunch of extra money. It, for, how much is it? Two dollars per tire, something like two, that. Three, four, it started out like a dollar a tire. Yeah, it's it's about eight dollars or something yeah, like that. And, and to RD's point, a tire is probably one of the most inert things that would ever go in the landfill, anyway. Yeah, totally. So. I mean, they're 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 and compared to a lot of the garbage that goes in there. It's it's. I think the I think the biggest deal with tires is it it's it's it creates voids. You know, but, one of the crazy things is uh, I go to some of these meetings that there's associations for everything. The EPA has a, has a national association, Arkansas Associate, Association Counties has a national association. You know, the the crime research people, uh, they, they have a national association. So the more they grow government and the more laws they pass, then they go to their national association and they get a plaque for what they did. Mm-hmm. You know, that lady, you know, the EPA probably got to go to the national association and say, hey, we regulated tires in the state of Arkansas. By the way, the mosquitoes are worse and uh, more of them are going underground instead of going the right places. But it's immaterial if it makes things worse or better, you know. What a yeah. question is how do you reverse it well you got you got yeah, to start the, I, I think the, the issue not, is not a grand scheme how do you start reversing we, it wherever we get the you people are to, to develop a moral compass in so many cases we just don't have um our individual citizens our fellow man we we don't care about what's right and wrong so so, so then the thing is well, i won't even to your say neighbor. I, yeah. I, I think it's even simpler than that yeah. paul it's not even a, a whole thing of they don't think about right and wrong they don't think that they even want to take part in it they don't show up. People don't show up. Oh, you're right. You know, and, and if, why not? You know, that's the, the key. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a real good question. Yeah. We elect people to do our thinking for us. That's because, exactly right. Because we, we're we're busy and we want stuff. We like we like our our cushy lives. And oh, it's just a, another half cent sales tax, and government will take care of that. I for always us like and, them when they say a half cent, and then you think. It's about ten million dollars. Yeah, yeah. What do we get? Four new taxes on gas. It's amazing. The governor set out for all these new taxes on gas. Got every one of them. Got every one of them. People say gas prices are high. I think, man, the state budget ought to be doing good with all those wholesale. Yeah, taxes you want to know how much? How much would gas be if you removed all all the, the federal not, and state taxes off? Forty what, cents. Less than half. About th- no, it wouldn't it's be less than half. Cents, be, I think. be about forty cents. They used to. They used to put the stickers on the. That's when price was stable. And talk about elected officials. By the way, let's not elect people that approve the funding for the state highway to police and approve their their projects. Let's just go ahead and put it in the uh, Constitution of the state of Arkansas so they can get the money direct. So yeah, we have boy. absolutely no say. That was my biggest that was it. my biggest argument against the half cent road tax 
putting it in the Constitution. I, I couldn't vote for that no matter what it was for. But the people voted for yes, it. Yes, they did, so because they don't understand that. it. Because yeah. they spent $20 million to say this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah, you'll be you'll be Take driving on away. golden highways. Right, and so this, and this, <laughs> that, that, wasn't that another example of state employees using their official positions to to advocate for political causes. Many times it's a way for state employees to get jobs after they retire for the people that, that are up there spending the money. That's exactly I mean, right. It's, it's it's frustrating, though, because uh, so this legislative session, they, they've had special COVID restrictions. They have a section for the media and they have a small section for for private citizens, I think. And um, but then they have designated sections for bureaucrats, and I think I think if I understand it correctly, the um, the bureaucrats actually get priority over yeah. everyone else. Yeah. Well, and another thing, when it comes to funding, I mean, look at Biden right now on a nationwide. We, we're talking about the same thing that's happening happening in the state right now is is happening nationwide. The Democrats are trying to buy votes. Look at all the money they're pouring into the economy, well, and l- listen to all the ads that's co- that's on the radio about. Get more government control and uh don't for, don't wear your mask this, the second or third or fourth or fifth waves come and don't take your mask <laughs> off and <laughs> don't masks. go out don't go out to the restaurant yeah. and go out to eat and support your local business well, i'll tell you that going. that is a, a, a non-starter here in the state of arkansas <laughs> now because i went to a lot of restaurants this weekend and decided to go somewhere else to eat because they were packed oh yeah, yeah. people they're they're open 100 percent now they're open 100 percent now and uh restaurants are packing them in now i heard that even if the governor re, uh you know rescinds, rescinds, the mask. rescinds the mask people like target say until it happens everywhere across the united states they're not going to rescind it well we guess, guess, guess who won't be there shopping yeah, there at you your know. store well that's free i can market. tell you i won't be there sure. that's what it should have been to start with I it should agree. have been a free market to start with not a king saying that everybody's going to have half or 20 percent right. capacity of the restaurant and shut all the restaurants right. down it yeah. should have been a free market decision should, should have been yeah. and the fact is that people may have actually responded more strictly if it hadn't been for government and, and so who knows how people would have reacted. Some of the people, I think, were maybe given a false sense of security when the government governor says, well, you have to wear a mask. And, <laughs> and, and so they, they, they felt, oh, well, it's safe now. I've raised my hand. Ah. That means we've got to stop for a moment. Yeah. Got to take a break. Got about 13 minutes until uh, 7 o'clock. At 7.05, Alan Clark, Senator Alan Clark, will be calling in about SB 18, 18 which is uh, really – shaking up the boat out on the water about divorce i yeah. guess so we're going to and kids and who gets control of the kids and things of that nature so we'll talk about that to him at uh, seven thirty-five, dennis milligan the state treasurer is going to drop by i think he's going to stop by he may call in but i think he wanted to come by and say hi to us so we're going to talk to him there's he's got a new uh policy or program to help uh, for people to get ready for their kids for education. So we'll talk to him about that. Let me tell you about Pat Davis. I've been talking about Pat now for several weeks. He is your health plan man. You know, what you're paying for um, health insurance, especially uh, if you're, you know, uh, a, a self-employed person, can be enormous. I mean, literally enormous. 
Uh, Pat has an, a way for you to save if you're self-employed to save 30 to 50 percent on your health insurance. Have you called him? I gave him his number. Your his number to you. Have you called him yet, Artie? You need to call him. Uh, I think he can save you a lot of money. Uh, and, and that way, you know, you can get health insurance without, you know, deciding that you can't even eat hamburger at dinner. Uh, a health plan for conservatives because you don't pay for what you don't believe in. And it is actual insurance. It is not a share plan. Here's what Pat says. The government right now <clears throat> is paying an enormous amount of money for subsidies. And he predicts that here in the next two years, they're going to reduce the subsidies and the price of insurance that you buy through the government will go up, which means you're going to be hit from uh, both sides. <clears throat> so uh, you can prepare for that by talking to Pat. Call him at 501 605 uh, 6935, 501-605-6935, or visit him online at yourhealthplanman.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, seven minutes until 7 o'clock, 7.05, Senator Alan Clark, talking about Senate Bill 18? SB 18, Senate okay. Bill 18. SB 18, and uh, it's causing a little bit of consternation as yeah, they gonna, like to say talk about joint custody in yeah. divorce cases for- well if there's one thing that i've heard for years and I'm, I'm look i've been doing talk for 40 something years that i've heard is men who call in and say they don't get an even shake in front of the divorce court judge especially about the children that's true so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that with uh, senator alan clark he's trying to pass some legislation to give him a little bit better chance guess who's against it the judges from what i understand it, it is the judges oh, because it's, it takes it out of there yeah it makes me think the old jerry reed song yeah. paying eating bologna and paying alimony yeah. <laughs> you know well it, it's, boy he was a funny man he, yeah that's it, it's well East before you say i down. do make sure you do yeah that's ex- well yeah yeah because it's supposed to be forever it's not yeah. supposed to be until i get tired of uh you know having sex with this yeah. woman or i'm just not happy anymore yeah gosh I've and, heard that so and i and and there was a guy on the other side of the fence that it just so looks so much greener to me over yeah, there then you, and then what you find yourself back yeah. in the exact same situation yep. again a few years down the line yeah, yeah. matthew nineteen nine. i think there's only one reason yeah that's it for yeah. divorce and remarriage if you can read matthew nineteen oh. nine, i think you can understand it i mean look in hollywood they learned early <laughs> on get married have sex, get divorced, get married again. Basically, have sex, get married, have sex, yeah, get that's divorced. It. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. the, they're, they're changing society. The, I, this weekend, I heard a USDA commercial of of two women and their and their child, and one woman is saying that my wife and my child. Yeah. Oh. These two women are married. This is USDA. They've normalized that, that. Yeah, that, you know, we're still wearing our mask and we're still protecting our family and and, and we're being careful going out. But this is a federal paid commercial. And it's, on, I guess, law of the stations of two women well, and their son talking about wearing masks and protecting their family paid for by your tax dollars. Yeah, well, they, I'm going to tell you what <laughs> they have. They have normalized that as much as they can. And the thing that they can't normalize now is the, the whole transgender thing. 
Yeah, they that, have I, not oh, been able to normalize that's that. One of those, that's one of those things that is just, you know what, if they're it, making it, progress. If you if you don't have segregated sports, especially in the Olympics or something of that nature, women can't play. That's just that's just what's well, going to happen. Well, they'll be forced out. They'll be forced out. You're right. That's, that's, it's mm-hmm. not like they won't be allowed. It's just that when you have, if you don't have female, you'll never male, make it through the trials. You'll that's never exactly make it, you'll, right. You'll never be able to participate. Right. In many cases. Well, like, you might, but you'll never win a medal. You'll never win a medal. <laughs> and, and, and and that's the thing is that like in weightlifting, the difference between men and women is not small. It's it, it, the men might lift literally twice as much in some of these cases for, for some of these weightlifting events. And it's it's if if you want women to be able to compete in these uh, sporting events, you have to have them segregated. All these issues have to make me think about the Tenth Amendment and like everybody <laughs> go to the state that supports. I mean, whatever you want to support. Three states right now. All right, Arkansas is one of them. It's been Mississippi was first, then Arkansas, now Alabama, and passed laws saying that biologically, <clears throat> if you're a boy. You can't play in girls' sports. You know, this is reminiscent of, remember the uh, whole thing uh, to protect marriage in, what was it, 37 states passed said the, a, the, passed the, the marriage uh, between a man and, and a woman? And, and yeah. the courts decided otherwise? And the court said, eh, federal courts. Thank you, Justice Kennedy. And, and, yeah. so, and so what's happened is that we have destroyed marriage to such a great extent that the courts think, well, this isn't a very big step, maybe. And so it's, it, it, and, and the reality is that, you know, homosexual marriage probably wasn't a very big step after what we well, did to marriage. Abortion was a big step. Abortion was a big step. Uh, the abortion was yeah, but, but I'm going to disagree with that. Right. It was a big step because constitutionally, marriage is a state issue. I agree. I tend so to agree. how does SCOTUS so have was, anything to so do with it? So is abortion. It's yeah, it was abortion. Exactly. Right. Again. The 10th Amendment. Right. That's, what, that's exactly right. They walked the right over it. Walked yep. right mm-hmm. over it. But we have to take the 10th Amendment back. What states are willing to stand on the Tenth Amendment, say we're going to keep our federal money, and you can keep you can keep all your crap. That well, that's why us. that you know that's what we've been talking about, R.D. You've been on this show now for what three years, and we've talked about that constantly. It's up to the states now, especially. All right, now we're especially because you have a Democrat president and a very progressive, uh, you know, legislature up in Washington that are walking, trying to walk on states, and it's up to our AGs and it's up to our legislators to pass laws to get this into the court system to fight against it. That's that's the last place you got to fight now is in the court system. And and right now, this is the time to do it because we got a majority of conservatives on the court. Thank you, President Trump. Yes, absolutely. All right, got a little bit of time here. Going to let you hear some music, give you some time to take a couple sips of coffee instead of be sputtering and spitting it out because of the things we're talking about. Stick around. we got Senator Alan Clark with us when we come back to talk about SB 18. We're going to talk a little bit about do men lose a lot of their rights in the courtroom on a divorce settlement, especially with the children? We'll talk about it next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
All right, let's get into the 7 o'clock hour on a Monday of, uh, well, some people would call this Holy Week. Yeah, All right. Is. We've got Friday's Good Friday. I will not be on the air on Friday, just so you know, be day, taking the day off. Uh, I work for a company that still believes that you should take a day off on Good Friday. And then uh, Easter is coming up on uh, Sunday. Passover started on last Friday. So all things to think about. I got to tell you a funny story. You love this, uh, Iverson. Uh, I don't think my pastor caught this, but I kind of chuckled as I was sitting in the crowd listening to him preach. He preached a great sermon about communion. But he was talking about he went to a lot of different churches when he was a younger mm-hmm. person. And he says, I mean, a lot of different ones. He says, I went to churches that they used to, you know, pass out loaves of bread, oh. you know, when you did Passover. Well, here's the problem with that. You got to have leaven in bread. You're not supposed to You're be eating supposed. leaven. That's not a, that's not a Passover thing. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you know, some people say, "Well, Dave, that's a Jewish thing." A Passover is a Jewish it, thing. It, it, the Passover <laughs> and the the communion is the last part of Passover. Okay, Jesus was yeah. a Jew. Yeah, I, I I always that's my that's my favorite joke. He also fulfilled the old law. I I always used to say I used to say to people that uh, uh, I would do our our groups. I taught a few groups, and one of my things was I said, "Ask me the, the big statement." And they go, "What are you talking about?" I go, "Jesus was a Jew." It was a Jew. <laughs> and I love it. The church has done a good job of getting as much Jewishness out of us as they yeah. possibly can. All right. Alan Clark, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing, I'm I'm having a good time. I'm I'm stirring it up with the Jewish talk today. I know everybody's going, well, what's else we talking about the Jews again? Well, that's because Jesus was a Jew. What can I say? I'm can't, yes, he was. Can't, all, all can't cover are created that. created equal now, though. Can't cover that up anymore. <laughs> all right, so, Senator, you are really good at stirring it up when you want to stir it up. <laughs> and, and you're doing a good job. I'm understanding. I just heard today about SB 18. And uh, why don't you tell us exactly what this bill does? Uh, SB 18 sets joint custody uh, as the starting point in custody cases. Okay, uh, and, and it is the uh, uh, pre uh, and I, you have to excuse me. I've had two hours sleep, but <laughs> the, the uh, presumption, rebuttable presumption uh, that joint custody is the best thing uh, for children it normally is, but uh, but it's not in every case, and so you can put on a case that it's not the best thing, uh, and of course, if one parent doesn't want custody or if you can prove that it's not the the best thing uh then you won't have joint custody uh and uh, you need clear and convincing evidence unless uh there is uh sexual abuse or physical abuse and then it only takes a preponderance of the evidence uh, to not have joint custody Okay, so are you are you telling me that it hasn't been this way? I've always thought that it was basically started out with joint custody. Evidently, that's not the case. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, uh, the we are supposed to have had 
favored joint custody in Arkansas since 2013. Okay. Uh, it's, you know, for the longest time, you know, always basic, if there wasn't something wrong with the mother, the mother got custody. Uh, and with the, the, some judges, that's still the case. It uh, shouldn't be, but it is. The But in 2013, Mark Lowry passed a law uh, that said we would favor joint custody. And I pointed out in Senate Judiciary when I ran the bill there uh, that the judge's bench book, which is their shorthand book, so that they don't you know, have to look at extensive law library just to uh, see where the law is, uh, pointed out that the legislature passed a law in 2013 that said that Arkansas favors joint custody. And then the next Senate said, however, uh, due to case law, uh, we don't favor joint custody. <laughs> wow. It didn't say exactly that, but that's what it said. And uh, after I pointed that out in Senate Judiciary and we passed the bill seven to one, uh, I got an email from uh, administrative office of the courts apologizing. So that shouldn't have said that it was updated in 2018, by the way. So shouldn't have said that. We're sorry. We've changed it. And so on the Senate floor, I read what they had changed it to. And it still said in 2013, the legislature uh, passed. Oops. But the uh, due to case law, we still favor joint custody. Uh, and we passed the bill there with 31 votes, I think. Uh, and took it to uh, House Children and Youth Committee. And so there are, the, there are some judges and others who have said we don't need this law. Well, we've already changed their bench book twice, so uh, we certainly uh, needed the law uh, and still need the law. We, uh, we, the system, I've been working on child welfare reform uh, for six years now. Yep. And the uh, this the system leaves out fathers uh and you look at our prison system you look <clears throat> everywhere uh, when we leave out fathers we make a huge mistake and it's one thing if fathers choose not to be involved but when we've got fathers that have perfect records and there's they have there's no reason at all they shouldn't be involved with their kids and they can't fight uh to see their uh, no matter what they do to see their kids more than four days a month uh, we've got a system that's not working right. Yeah, I, I have to say, over the many years that I've done talk radio, uh, this is a subject that has come up uh, consistently, and that is that men who've gone through divorce and don't get to see their kids say that the judiciary system is is weighed against them. Mm-hmm. And, and what, yep. you're, what you're basically saying is that even in your, uh, you know, uh, opinion that that seems to be the case still today is it changing at all oh yes with our newer younger judges it's definitely better uh and to that point in the house committee we had a judge testify again that we didn't need the bill uh and that we had no problems but then she also testified that we didn't have any she said we didn't have any problems didn't need the bill but that the problem was being solved by older judges retiring. And, you know, I said, and I said, now, which is it? Do we not have a problem or is the problem being solved by judges retiring? Uh, so obviously we have a problem and they know we have a problem. 
but we had law, you know, we have some lawyers that have opposed it. Uh, and then we have, we worked with lots of lawyers from around the state, family that believe this would be much better. They'll believe there'll be less litigation. Uh, the Kentucky, since they passed a similar law, has 10% less uh, litigation in their custody cases. Uh, you know, you can't say for certain that that's the reason, but nevertheless, they have 10% less litigation. And the uh, and it'll take away some of the, well, you know, uh, somebody wasn't nice to me on the phone or, or whatever, uh, to is there clear and convincing evidence that one of these folks should not be uh, parenting, um, and and you know and there are there are lots of cases where where there is an unfit parent. Sometimes I you know I deal with things where there's two unfit parents, uh, and uh, so we're not saying that everybody should have joint custody, but uh, to make it, it a starting point, be the sounds, starting point. Yeah, that sounds sounds it, it sounds reasonable to me. Have. I mean, it's just. Paul, you got a question? Right, and and so that's just, is there something to do that we can do with these judges who seem to be just straight up disobeying state law? I mean, is is there anything that's effective to deal with these judges who are abusing their power? I know you you mentioned a a case on Facebook yesterday about a father who the, the judge kind of arbitrarily basically isolated him from his child for a year because the judge... Um, or because the the guy was maybe speaking out of turn a little bit on a Zoom meeting. Is, is there something you, to be done about that? And, you, and first, let me say I'm thankful for all the great judges that we have. And we because sometimes when I'm being critical, it sounds like either I don't think we have any good judges or that we don't have any good judges, and we have a lot of great judges. Uh, but if you get a bad one, it doesn't help any that there's lots of great ones. Right. Uh, but according to his attorney, Paul, uh, he really wasn't speaking out of turn. Uh, keep in mind, you know, the average person is not normally in court. And it's, mm-hmm. it was Zoom. They're not standing in the courtroom. It was Zoom. Uh, and he was falsely accused. Not an unusual thing to happen in a family court case. He was falsely accused. And they were reciting the, the different things and he said but judge and the judge threatened him with contempt if he spoke again that's all he had said uh and they wow. went again and he said again he said but judge and the third time he said but judge the judge ordered that he not see his child or children i don't know which it was for a year to teach him a lesson oh. and I said, now, now how is that best for the children because that's what they always come back with yeah now, they don't have that debate with me very long because i've been dealing with this system for a while mm-hmm. uh and you know what w- w- come back to what's best for the system you know what's you know what's best for people uh, that work in the system but uh, i i can everybody goes scurrying for their holes when i start talking about uh, <laughs> what best for what's best for the children really means all right um can I, can I ask you to hold your thought, and we'll pick you up when we come back. i got to get a break in here. Uh, Senator, if you don't mind, Senator Alan Clark is with us, SB18. That's what we're talking about. We'll continue our conversation in a moment. But first, got to tell you about St. Clarity Residential uh, Cleaning. Uh, they will deep clean your home for 300 bucks, unless you call 404-6560 after 9 o'clock. Talk to Chuck, and you can buy a half-off certificate and it only costs you 150 dollars 
Now, I'm going to tell you what, they're loaded up this week, but they might be able to slide you in, uh, get your certificate, and call them and then uh, try to set up the time. And it only costs you $150 to get your house cleaned up to 2,500 square uh, feet. That's with St. Clarity uh, Residential Cleaning, deep cleaning, not just dusting and running the sweeper. You do that. They do a whole lot more. Uh, 404-6560. Talk to Chuck after 9 o'clock and buy your certificate today. All right, our guest is uh, State Senator Alan Clark, SB18 is what we're talking about. Iverson, do you have a question? Uh, Any chance? No, uh, well, you know, as as a pastor, uh, you run into these cases where where the men seemingly don't get the same uh, treatment. same treatment as women. So I think I, I think I like this uh, this bill. I do like the uh, especially you know the principle of the whole thing, uh, Senator Clark, and I appreciate you bringing that up. Mike? Well, thank, thank you. Family Council supports it. Yeah. And uh, and that's my whole reason. Uh, you know, we have numbers of people that uh, uh behind the bill that uh, that got a raw deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we actually have amended the bill. Uh, originally, it would have allowed people to go back to court. Um, and we took that out. There was a lot of concern that we would, the courts would have just been full of cases and people that had have their lives turned upside down that already had judgments, uh, and so you can imagine that, that those people who thought they had a raw deal—that's something they really wanted—but they were more concerned that people going forward mm-hmm. got a fair shake. And again, and it's not, but it's you know you think about it from the parents' perspective, but it's about the kids' perspective. Yep, it's that the kids need both parents in their lives. Yes, and uh, the and and it's not that moms don't ever get a raw deal, uh, but I would say my calls are about twenty to one uh, on that particular issue, um, dads, and and sometimes you know just you know you think about the normal Arkansas dad, never been in a courtroom, uh, and the you know and I, I talked to one just three months ago that. You know that an Adelaide told him that he needed his attitude adjusted, and he hadn't seen his. He was a veteran. He was a former policeman, uh, professional. Didn't have a blemish on his record. Was a, a uh, nothing against him as a father. Was a good father, and he was angry. He hadn't done anything out of the way, but he was angry. He had expressed his anger uh, because he hadn't seen his kids in six months. Wow. Uh, and he couldn't get, you know, and and they expect a lot of times the system expects you just to, to bend to the system. Well, I think it's good sometimes that fathers and mothers don't bend to the system. You have to recognize, you have to be professional, et cetera, but there's nothing wrong. You know, Jesus took a whip when he went in the temple, oh. <laughs> uh, and he deliberated before he did it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so there's, uh, you know, if I hadn't seen my kids in six months and there's uh and I hadn't done anything wrong, I'd be angry. Yeah. Um, Let me ask you, ask you a question. You mentioned uh, in the last segment about uh, like if a mother goes to incarceration is incarcerated because we've seen this uh, more than once. Or, or if the mother passes, very often the grandparents would, would uh, get uh, the child before the father would in, in, mm-hmm. in some of these cases. And so would this help clarify uh, that issue some? I don't know that this would, but uh, but we passed a bill 
in the last session uh, that was my bill that a that a parent is deemed to be fit uh, unless the state has proven otherwise. So, in other words, in a case like this where, where a mother or father had custody, you know, and, uh, and the other parent didn't, and then something happens where the child's removed for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You, you brought up prison, or maybe there's a neglect case, or maybe there's an abuse case, and the state takes the child into custody. Well, a lot of times the, 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 child, the states put them in foster care or put them with, uh, like I said, a grandparent, and then the father or mother, uh, the other parent has come after them, and it's taken months yes. trying to prove that they're not a bad parent. And now the law says, no, you don't have to prove you're not a bad parent. The state, it's the state has to prove you are. It's just it's assumed that you're a good parent until the state proves otherwise. Very good, hey, Senator. This is R.D. Uh, thanks for being on the show today. Is there any research for other states that have more of a divided custody fifty-fifty if it affects the divorce rate? in the state as far as both of them have an equal play in the courtroom? You know, I think that it it may have, uh, but no, we do. Uh, there's lots of statistics uh, and some people that were much better with the statistics than me, but I don't think we have any statistics on, uh, on it affecting the divorce rate. It looks like it would help, though. It looks like it would help, and I applaud your efforts i mean society's been trying to teach people it takes a village to raise a family instead of a father and a mother and i think this is a step in the right direction thank you thank you yeah i want to real quickly senator clark i want to read a couple things from your post here 80 percent of incarcerated male youths are from homes without without dad we see that statistic and think dad was never there dad left and doesn't care we don't realize a huge percentage of of these are court-ordered a perfectly good dad out of a out of the child's life, except for four days a month. Right. I mean, uh, and and dads, whether it be a dad or a mom, it's more often a dad. Uh, the frustration of seeing things happening that you that you can't you can't parent in four days. Uh, and you know, my heart goes out to children because you know the very best thing is that there is no split that they have two parents that love each other and love them. Uh, but we can't fix all of that. So the next best thing we can do is if we can, if we have two fit parents is see that they, they have those parents and not the government intercede in some other way. All right. Last question for you, Senator. Where does this bill stand right now? Uh, this bill has, like I said, passed Senate Judiciary 7-1, to passed Senate floor 31 uh, votes out of 35 and passed uh, House Children and Youth with 17 out of 20. Uh, we're now on the House floor, and unfortunately, we expect a close vote uh, because special interests uh, seem to have their way in the House. Um, and so I've said that um, publicly. <laughs> That's all right. You, I'm ne- I, One thing I can always count on you being honest, and I appreciate you for that. Senator, I'll let you get on with your day. We'll uh, talk to you. Uh, is the vote happening today? Uh, we think so. Uh, I've been expecting it twice now, and it hasn't. But, uh, so it, uh, we're expecting it today. Uh, you know, if it's not today, it'll probably be tomorrow. But we're expecting it to come up uh, very quickly. But uh, hopefully today, 
whatever day we get 51 votes, I'll be happy with <laughs> All right. We'll call you the day after. We'll have you on the air. How's that? Uh, sounds good, Dave. All right. Thank you much. Senator Alan Clark here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Always appreciate him giving us the time. Dennis Milligan is waiting in the wings. He's wanting to join us here in the studio. He's got something from the treasurer's office he wants to talk to you about. We'll do that when we return here on uh, our show. We got Rush coming up for you. See what he's got to talk about uh, from the past that is even uh, more important for today. So uh, let's do that. We'll do all of that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. In this show, you know you can come and you find out what's going on. It's a seller's market right now for your home. Did you know that? There's more uh, There's more people out there who want to buy a home than homes are available, which means it's a good time to be a seller. Just telling you, it's a good time. As well as interest, uh, the interest rates are at all-time lows right now. I just got a, a letter in the mail uh, from the VA or from a company that deals with VA loans. It says, Mr. Ellswick, you need to refinance your home. You're paying 3.3%. I can get you down to 2.2. That saves you about $220 a month. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm thinking, my wife says, I don't want to go back to 30 years. I said, it don't matter if you go back to 30 years, dear. We won't be alive when it comes up anyway. Yeah, I didn't say that. I'm just I'm just saying that's, that, you know, you, you're just going to make your decisions. The best way to do that is have a realtor who understands all of this and can help you. And that's where Dustin uh, Turner comes in. He can help you out with this. I mean, if there's one guy that I would talk to, if I were selling my home today, don't call. I'm not selling today. Uh, is it's Dustin Turner? He can. He's got the marketing plan that you can use. Help you. Uh, you know, show your house the way that you need to show it. A uh, way that you need to. You know, schedule the the open houses and all of that. Or if you don't want to do either one of those, you don't want people tromping through your home. Uh, he'll make a cash offer to you. A very 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 uh, good cash offer because he's uh, of course got the uh, home team brokered by exp realty so he can uh, save you all that hassle if you want to but what you need to do is call dustin turner and call him today his uh, phone number is 501-952-2969 501-952-2969 or you can go online to hometeamsoldit.com hometeamsoldit.com Get all your uh, information there. But remember what uh, Dustin's saying. Since there aren't a lot of homes on the market, you can get more money for your home, and the interest rates are at an all-time low, and it's an excellent time to sell. So start packing. Call Dustin. Start packing. All right. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show at 737 on a Monday morning, Dennis Milligan is back in the house. He hadn't called me recently to tell me he had anything going on. He he got a hold of me and said, have you heard about this? And I hadn't. And I knew that if I hadn't heard about it, you probably hadn't heard about it. So we asked Dennis to come on in and spend some time with us in the studio with the power panel. How you doing, Dennis? Good to see you here, Mr. Treasurer. And what do you got to tell us? Well, Dave, always a, a pleasure to be on your show. Uh, obviously, we go back many years. We were discussing that a little bit this morning. About, I remember when yeah. he was the head of the Arkansas GOP. Yeah. 
<laughs> what was the old saying? I've been rich and I've been poor. Yeah. And, and rich is better. It is. Uh, and and, the, and the, certainly the time I was the chair, uh, there was some challenging times. I guess the old saying, it was the best of times and the, the worst, worst of times. times. Well, but um, do for my listeners, tell them you were telling me, and this is off the subject, but yeah. you were saying that during the time that you were the chair of the Arkansas GOP, mm-hmm. you got more JPs elected than anybody who's ever been in that office. Is that well, right? Well, it, it is. And simply put, we didn't have a farm team, Dave. Uh, we had nothing to draw from. Kind of like the Democrats now. Well, that it, <laughs> turn, let, let me say this. Turnabout's fair play. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, but but that's one of the things that when I was uh, elected as the chair, by the way, I was unopposed. And I can say that I can I can say this now. Nobody wanted it. Nobody. Then. That's right. They, so they started looking around and going, "What? What idiot we're, do we think we can get to take over?" And, let's oh, see if we can find a sucker somewhere. Let's get Milligan. You know, uh, what we call the good old days. The good old days. Dennis uh, is like Mikey. Uh, he likes everything. No, that's all right. Go ahead. But but, but one of the things that I recognized very uh, early was the, simply the fact of of developing a farm team and one of the things we do is went back to the basics of blocking and tackling so we encouraged and worked very hard and again in my tenure 07 and 08 as the state chair we did get uh did that cycle more jps elected and now we're seeing the fruits of those of, of that labor yeah and and jonelle who was a new chair is of course talking about that's where the battle is now it's in the cities and it's in the counties well it is and i can tell you also dave the pendulum never stops moving you may think that it stopped but it's it's moving one way or the other it's like a business i ran my own small business for 37 years and you may say well this is where i want to stay your business is either going up or your business is going down if you ain't moving forward you're moving backwards. Well, I'm just saying. So, but but with respect to that, I'm very proud of of the accomplishments uh, uh, that and and how far that we've come. I was just on the cusp of that, and and sometimes uh, plowing that uh, unplowed ground can be awful hard. But as I said, uh, I had a lot of good times, and uh, I was ready to move on when it was time. Yeah, you're ready to call it quits. <laughs> but, I remember but that. But thanks for for having me on the show yeah. today. One of the things that that I've been passionate about, and, and look, my record speaks for itself with respect to financial uh, education, financial production. If you go back and look, during my tenure, six and a half years, we've averaged $68 million a year in interest returns. The previous 10 years before I came on board, they averaged $18 million a year. But they did get cherry pie. Well, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, uh, well, it was Apple, if you want to be technical. That's it. it was but, Apple but, pie. I'm sorry. But, uh, it was all American. But, but my point being is, is that I've been passionate about financial education. And, and I was telling you earlier when we were off the air, this COVID really, really peeled the onion back with respect to people's uh, abilities to be prepared uh, for something as, as, uh, as, as this pandemic. Uh, you know, I didn't really realize this till I started researching. Most people don't even have $400 uh, in a, an emergency savings account. That won't even pay a mortgage in most cases. No. So uh, we have the seventh highest poverty rate uh, in the nation, and over 16% of people in Arkansas are in poverty. Mm. So when this move came about trying to develop this financial uh, 
Education or Financial Education Commission, uh, I was really, really excited about it, not because we were creating some new government entity. And by the way, no tax dollars. This commission, uh, this bill passes, uh, and by the way, it's SB 599, uh, but this bill passes uh, uh, no tax dollars. We'll we'll raise our own funds uh, from the private sector, uh, and ultimately, it's going to be driven by three uh, private sector individuals. I will set in as the chair. The treasurer will, will be the chair, and then of course we'll have the Department of Education, the someone from the Securities Department. We're going to try to be well rounded, and then let these private sector uh, commissioners help drive us to where we think our Kansans can best. Uh, get the results out of this thing. You're going to tell them what I tell my kids? What's First that? thing I said, you pay yourself 10%. First thing you do, pay yourself 10%, put it in the bank, then pay your church 10%. Well, again, I agree with you totally, and, and I don't know how government has gotten so out of control. If 10% is good enough for the Lord, why why does government, uh, you know? Uh, but don't, don't go there, Treasurer. So, so is, this, is this going to be sort of like a maybe a, a – a, a calmed down version of Dave Ramsey for the general public. Well, you know, I, uh, Paul, that's an excellent comment. Uh, I, I would say again, and, and let me make it clear: uh, if you're not inter- if all you're interested in is the government taking care of you, then this is a but this is a commission that you're going to have no interest in because you're going to have to get off your butt. You're going to have to 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 quit doing what's the old definition? Doing the same things over and over, Insanity. expecting different results. I had a question. Do you have someone from the private sector? I didn't hear you talked about the education department and yourself. Is will there be private business people in yeah. there as yeah, far as we small have, business people? We have three commissioners that will be appointed that from the private sector, and hopefully these individuals will be experienced business people. RD would like to do it. Well, I, I certainly think <laughs> that, that that's like being in the army. Like all your volunteers step forward, everybody to, takes a step back. I'm starting to feel like him now. Whenever he was appointed the director of the Republican <laughs> committee, but no, I'd be glad to. You know, I'm from the small town that Missy Irvin represents. I'm from Mountain View, Arkansas, and I left a small town with everything I had in the front seat of my truck. Not that I've been. Ex- I'm not Sam Walton, but from where I came from, I am a small business owner. And whenever I do watch the legislation go through the state, I'm thinking about, does this help small businesses? Does this help the next next person that leaves a small town and wants to start his own business or not? And hopefully, you know, I applaud your efforts there, but I'd like to see this to be something that would help people start small businesses and teach them what banking is available how much equity you have to have on loans, and uh, you know how to get how to get started in business. Right, sounds well, like to me this program starts at zero. All right, the person well, you're telling them that you know if you don't control your own finances, if you're in debt to all, uh, in every way, just like the Bible says, yeah. you are a slave. Yeah. And 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 again, uh, the uh, uh, the direction will be uh, wherever the commissioners want to take it. Uh, certainly, I'm a small businessman, so uh, I have great feelings for being able to encourage. But still, again, we've got so many individuals out there, Dave, that uh, don't have a clue. You know, we've we spent generations telling our children not to talk about money, 
And now guess what we have? We have generations of children that don't have a clue about They're money. Financially mm-hmm. All they understand is mom or dad pulls out this piece of plastic. And, and uh, mm-hmm. so the uh, money card. Well, yeah. And uh, so financial education. And think about this, uh, gentlemen. How many times have we seen, and we'll, we'll identify, I'm not picking on athletes, but they make all this money, and then in a few years you see them bankrupt. However, I, he's passed away now, but I had an old uncle that probably didn't make much past minimum wage, and when any of us from our family needed money, guess who we went to borrow money from? Right. I mean, now, he tell lived, me. He that, lived below his means. Well, I'm yes. telling you, he he lived and understood, uh, probably didn't, I don't even know if he had a high school education, but he certainly never did file for bankruptcy, having made millions and millions of dollars. So these are just important things to me that uh, uh, will help to empower the people. Uh, certainly, again, Senator Missy Irvin, Bruce uh, Cozart, uh, helping to get this commission formed. And I wouldn't be a part of it. Dave, if we weren't going to be serious and uh, me apply uh, my efforts to, to help make this successful. All right. We're going to get a break in, and when we come back, we'll finish up our conversation with Dennis Milligan. He's the treasurer of the state of Arkansas, and you will not be served apple pie when you come to Dennis Milligan's office. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just he comes to my show. He just shakes his head. I can't believe he's talking about her. Anyway, back in just a moment. Don't forget about the Ultimate Retirement Planning Checklist. Kind of talking about this right now. Uh, this is about retirement. If you're not thinking about retirement and you're working, you're not thinking about an important aspect of what you should be thinking about. You should be putting Bundy away for your retirement. You should have an emergency fund. You should be tithing to your church, and you should be saving some money for your retirement. No, you don't know what the future will bring, but I'll tell you what you do know. If you live to be about 68, 70 years old, and you don't have some money put away, you're going to keep on working because you can't retire. David Lucas Financial can help you out. Make sure you don't get off the uh, the rails on your retirement. All you need to do is give him a call, 501-222-3315. Be one of the first 10 people. He'll send this to you. The ultimate retirement planning checklist. Are you ready to retire? 30 questions. You should be able to answer all 30 questions. That's davidlucasfinancial.com or 501-222-3315 to get your copy today. All right, final segment of a Monday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hope your day will be a good one. Weather is supposed to be beautiful. It's supposed to be about 68 degrees. I guess it's going to be breezy today. That's not a bad thing. Get everything dried out from the torrential rains that we had over the weekend. Some places really got flooded. DeWitt got hit by a tornado. So it's been kind of a rock and roll weekend here in the state of Arkansas. Our guest, Dennis Milligan, he, of course, is the treasurer of the state of Arkansas. He's talking about this new commission they want to get started to help uh, folks that aren't really financially literate get a little bit of uh, education, edumacation, as my dad mm-hmm. might have said, to uh, be able to uh, you know master their their money. Because you either master your money or your money will be master of you. That's just 
way my dad used to say. Iverson, go ahead. You, you had a question for the... Uh, thanks again for being here, Dennis. And uh, uh, we were talking during the break, and I wanted to know what was the age range, you know, was this going to be elementary schools? I know when we were growing up, it was all about small kids having a piggy bank. So what? how is that going to reach out small kids and school kids? Well, again, Iverson, excellent question. And as I explained to you off there, we're just trying to leverage, uh, again, the resources that we already have, but with an organized, cohesive effort to get this much-needed information out to Arkansans who need it the most. Uh, you asked me again, is there a specific age group? Well, when I was first elected as treasurer, we approached and, 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 and teamed with a company called Everfi to help get uh, uh, some financial literacy information to our schools. We were very successful in that. I'm extremely proud of that. Uh, we actually uh, had a hand in getting uh, financial literacy be required in our high schools. In less than a year, we went from an F to a B in getting our students educated about uh, – uh, little things from balancing a checkbook to even having to check an account and not understanding well, all mom and dad does is just pull out this piece yeah. of plastic. Yeah. And and why can't you do that? So we were getting positive feedback uh, with that. But we want every Arkansan that wants to have an opportunity uh, to better themselves at no additional tax dollars for us to reach out to them. So we're going to be starting from scratch. We're going to let our private sector commissioners help to lead and guide us and and, and what they think uh, uh, priorities should be. And uh, we're also uh, uh, teaming with the Central Arkansas Library System, April being uh, recognition as Financial Literacy Month. This is a series that we'll be putting on with them. Uh, Again, very proud. You'll see some of the promotions coming from that. And, uh, I mean, certainly education as a whole is very, very important. But, again, it's not how much you make. It's what you do with what you make. Marty? Also, you know what I tell my teenagers, and I think this applies to the state and everybody else, you cannot be fi- independent in life. You cannot be independent unless you're financially independent. And I think you need to tell this to the children in school. I mean, call, uh, high school kids, you need to be financially independent. It's the same for cities, counties, or anybody. Money always comes with strings attached. If you want to make your own decisions, you have to be in a financial position to do it. Uh, well, certainly would agree with those comments, each to his own. But, uh, uh, you know, we're just creating a world here or a country where, uh, you know, Dave, I've used this example before, and it's pretty, it's, 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 it's pretty elementary, They'll tell you in parks, don't feed the bears. Well, the reason why is probably twofold. They don't want you getting eaten. But number one, when you teach those bears that all they have to do is just show up at the park. They, they, they don't learn how to feed themselves. They don't, they don't know how to go out. And, and, and we and as, do their own for you. And we uh, as, as uh, people, citizens, as adults, we're partly to blame. Uh, yes. I want my I had my wife and I have one daughter. I have three wonderful grandkids. I want them the old saying to have a better life than what I had. That's right. But uh and I'll go back. There are some strings attached though. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to teach my kids that all they got to do is just show up at the park. They they're going to have to have some skin in the game. And that's that's that. That's the way. Okay, so SB 599 
Has it been through committee yet? It has not been assigned yet, but we feel very good of the feedback we're getting. Again, being led by Senator Missy Irvin, along with uh, State Representative Bruce Cozart. And, uh, you know, I I really think uh, uh, I'll be curious to see who wants to push back on this because, uh, again, I, I, I have to feel like it's a win-win Y'all are not pushing back on it, so I feel like... Uh, <laughs> well, you already got me on board because you said no tax dollars were well, going to be spent on it. you know, it's going to be all... Uh, the private sector is going to support They're this. They're not going to create any laws. Yeah, that's the other <laughs> thing. That's true. That's well, true. That's so, a roadblock. What, it's SB, uh, what, 599? Five, five, what is it over in the House? HB 599? Uh, well, it'll just be one bill, right? Yeah, it'll, it'll just, just be one, one okay. bill. All right, yeah. so you're going to get it through the Senate, yeah. then it goes to the House. Uh, Cozart's going to run it in the House? Yes. Okay. And we feel very good about it. Again, want to invite everybody to come out. Uh, uh, the state capitol is, uh, you know, we're we're starting to move and groove a little bit, and I, I want to invite uh, the citizens to come and see us at the Treasury. Okay, so, so you, you, yeah, you can you get to hold a lot of money in your hand. You Have you got the Treasury back Dennis. open there? I know they're doing some construction on it. Actually, it's semi-back open, but we, here within a while we'll have it back open where – uh, our constituency can come in and hold all that money. That's okay. always fun. That's yeah. a that's a great time. Dennis, thanks for coming <laughs> Thank in. Uh, keep me uh, in mind as this goes through and keep me appraised so that we can let our listeners know. Absolutely. Thank you, Dave. All right. We appreciate you. Thank you. All right. We got a minute left here, guys. Paul, anything you want to mention before well, we leave? I, I think about this issue here is that financial illiteracy is a problem. As, as a landlord, I see some of that with my tenants. I've, I've had on more than one occasion tenants that that don't really even understand the concept of keeping a checkbook ledger. They, they, they just write checks, and, so, and then they call the bank to see if they have money. It's like, that doesn't work. I'm so, sorry. Or just, they go to the, the ATM and pull it up, and they go, oh, yeah, look at all that money. Right. But they so, don't and they remember a, all the checks they wrote. And they wrote a check 20 <laughs> minutes ago. Sometimes people need a mentor, and a lot of mentors help me along the way to, to own my own business. So uh, be a mentor to somebody. All right. Well, don't be like some people. As long as they have checks, they think they've got money. Yeah, that's true. Iverson, anything you want to add in? Yeah, I like what Dennis said earlier about when they taught the uh, children about credit cards. And the the kids were were (laughs) saying to their parents, hey, you know, don't use that credit card. That's 22%. Let's just uh, wait and save up. Good. You know, and spend later. That's, That's good. I like that. And then last but not least, it is Holy Week. Get yourself prepared. Friday's uh, Good Friday, Sunday's Easter, Resurrection Sunday. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we'll see you in church on Sunday for that. All right, we'll explain it to you. All right, let's take a break, and uh, we'll have some news, and then we'll have our uh, financial show coming up next. We'll be back with you at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. 